Andrew texted me a few weeks back and asked me if I would preach sometime in August, and I said, I'd love to. And then he said, we're preaching through the idea of prayer and the topic of prayer. And I went, ooh. And I, and I really hated sharing that and, and debated even talking about the fact that I cringed a little bit at the idea of, of preaching on prayer. It's awful, right? A Christian, a minister, someone who loves the Lord, someone who served him for years, cringing at the idea of preaching on prayer. Is it because I don't believe in prayer? No. Is it because I don't believe God hears or answers my prayers? Absolutely not. Is it because I feel I'm underqualified to share with you all about prayer and discuss the topic? Is it because I have a hard time praying and don't believe that my prayer life is where it should be to share with you guys? Is it because I get distracted and find myself chasing rabbits as I pray? Dear God, thank you so much for loving me, even though I don't deserve it. Please help Timmy. He isn't feeling well. You know, some people call him Tim. Tiny Tim, Christmas Carol, that was a great movie. I like the Scrooge McDuck one. DuckTales, I'm glad they've relaunched that. My kids get to enjoy DuckTales now too. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I've gotten off topic. Where was I? DuckTales, Scrooge McDuck, Tiny Tim, oh yeah, my friend Timmy. Anybody else in that boat of getting distracted? Because I have to chase that down the trail, and then I have to go back down the trail to figure out where I was. And sadly, when I began writing that out, I just thought of pray for my friend named Timmy. The, Tim, the name Timmy just came, and I instantly, that is literally what went through my head, is what I wrote down. And that is literally how my prayers go. If there was a dude named Timmy who needed prayer, I would probably end up on DuckTales. Why? I have no idea. That's just the way my brain works. I think we are a distracted people. I think some people with ADD, ADHD struggle a little bit more. But Sean shared last week that prayer is difficult. We have a hard time with it. And good prayer, good conversation is two ways. And I think even if we are good at talking to God, we're bad at listening to God. We're terrible listeners as a whole. Many times we get too distracted, we're too busy, too impatient, we're too ADD, ADHD, or even don't care enough to truly listen. At the beginning of June, I had, um, due to unfortunate circumstances, I had the honor of taking our students to camp. After one night of worship, I sent a group text to all the kids and all the, the, the adults, and I said, I want us to enter into our living room area in silence. I want you to put your cell phones on the table. I want us to just come in with zero conversation. To me, it was a harmless activity to begin in silence so we could begin discussing this idea of talking to God and listening to God and getting rid of distractions and putting them aside and getting them out of our way. But to them, there was something there. It was terrifying. I got questions before we entered into that moment of silence of what's wrong? Did someone die? Are we in trouble? Now, to their defense, they have had a, a really rough week leading up to that. Um, death was, was very prevalent to them in the passing of Jacob. But to them, the idea of silence was terrifying. And I think it is to us, too. I think the idea of sitting and being quiet is awful. I know last week, Sean asked you all some questions, and he stayed silent until you answered. 
And I watched it on video to try to prepare my part of, of this sermon on prayer. And I, I, could, I could sense the tension in the room, just even with him asking a question and going, it's weird. If I were to stay silent right now, we would get giggles, we would get laughter, we would, we would, it would be awkward real quick. Silence is hard. But we have to be silent to hear God. Last week, Sean did open in this conversation and in the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going I'm to reread what he read um, in the beginning of it. The preface of the Lord's Prayer starts with this. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, and that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap on empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. This week, we're going to start in the first two verses of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, it's hard not to continue because you know, normally when you start that, you keep going. And I don't use King James, but when I do the Lord's Prayer, I really I wrote down the English Standard Version, but I wanted to throw in a hallowed be thy name. Because we know it oftentimes in the King James. But we need to make sure we're saying it with some meaning. I've prayed it before with people. Our, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day or daily bread. And they just go through it. And I'm like, you're not praying. You're just saying some words. So I'm going to break it down a little bit today, and that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. We're going to break this down, and we're doing uh, just these first two verses. And I'm going to start with just these first two words. Our Father. Praying to our Father is like praying to the picture of a dad and a child. And I'm going to steal this illustration from Francis Chan. He did this, and I'm going to need help from Asher. Come here. He did not know I was going to do this, so he's probably like, what? And in normal fashion, Asher does not have uh, shoes on. Asher, come here. You're, I'm counting on you. I put you on the spot. I know. Come here. <laughs> now, see, this is, this is what I was counting on. This is the relationship that we have with our Father in heaven. Now, stand up here so I don't have to, like grunt the whole time I'm holding you and try to talk and stuff, okay? This is the relationship that we have with our Father. We should run to Him like Asher ran to me. We should leap in His arms, and we should go to Him as our Daddy, which is what He is. The Daddy-Son relationship, the Daddy-Daughter relationship is what we have there. He's not just an almighty, all-powerful, all, you know, overlooking being that's up there in heaven and he's not approachable. He is all those things. He is approachable. He is all those almighty things. He is this great and amazing being. But he's also daddy. And that's what those two words start with. Our father. Our daddy. 
That's what he wants us to come into that as. And now Asher and I go back and forth with this. He started this a while back. I'd say, um, he, we haven't practiced this, so he has no idea what I'm doing. But uh, I'll see if he does it. He may not because he really didn't want to come up here. Hey, love you, buddy. I love you too. I love you more. I love you more. No, you don't. I do. Yes, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> All right, go. Y'all give him a hand. He didn't want to do that. I love you more. No, you don't. Yes, I do. As a son, he has no idea that that's not possible to love me more than I love him. Because as a dad, there's something special there. There just, it can't be reciprocated in that same level back. Now, as I was preparing for today, I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's what God's like. I mean, real dumb moment, right? I should have known that. But I hope we have this relationship with God. I hope we love God enough that we would argue with him. God, I love you more. Now, you're going to lose that argument. But I think it's flattering to hear someone say, I love you more. Even if you know your level of love is way beyond what theirs is for you, if you say, God, I love you so much, the level of love for you to argue with God to say, I love you more is amazing. But it still is never going to be enough. God is always going to love you more. That daddy relationship is huge. Now, I would be um, wrong to have this whole daddy conversation without realizing that not everybody in this room has a good dad example. Not everybody has warm and fuzzies when I say we should run to our father in heaven like our daddy. Because we know that not everybody has that. Some people have been hurt by a father. Some people have an absent father. Those things are not true for everyone. But I hope you have seen a good dad, maybe in a friend and their dad, and you thought, that's what it's supposed to be like. Maybe in um, another relationship, maybe in a, a, a a male father figure, that's what it's supposed to be like. And guys, we can be that for someone else also. Maybe it's in a TV show. Maybe you saw a dad. Man, that Opie, he had a good one, right? Single dad, Andy Taylor, that's a good one, right? He had Aunt B, but still, he, he did a lot. Sheriff of a whole town, that Mayberry, that's a booming place. And I had to go old school because... All new TV shows with a dad make them out, make us out to look and sound like bumbling idiots. So I had to go old because no current dad on TV is like, oh, I wish my dad would have liked that guy. They're just goofy. Um, our daddy wants to be with us. He wants to walk and talk and hang out with us. Literally, that's how he created us to be. Adam and Eve were present with him. He walked with them. See, that was about Andy too. Andy walks with me. And no, oh, okay, sorry. Um, so he wants to be with us so much. That one wasn't planned. I'm sorry. That's me chasing rabbits. To keep moving. Hallowed be your name. He is our father. He is our daddy. He is approachable, but he is almighty. He is all powerful. He is all those other words and those phrases. He is more than our earthly father. 
He's sacred, he's honored, he's set apart, he's holy, he's hallowed. We have to approach him with a sense of awesomeness more than just our earthly daddy because he is much greater than that. He is set apart. He wants us to come to him like his daddy or like we're his, you know, you, like he's our dad. Wow, I apologize. But we don't need to forget that he is greater than any of those things. We need to always remember that he loves us more. Our current climate in our world around us and everything happening is so sour and so hateful. As we move into the next part where uh, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can look at our on earth as it is in heaven. We're so far from it. Years ago, I preached um, right here, and, I, and in preparation, I went to Doug's office. He was right next door, and I began to talk to Doug, and I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, is this crazy? This is kind of where we're at. And I was looking at the climate of our culture, where we were at in the world, and we were just talking about how awful it was, how bad things were. And um, he said, it's almost like, and this is, I'm, I'm, I wrote it down as much as I could remember. It's like our disagreements socially, spiritually, and politically have gotten so bad that we can't even get along. It's come to the point that we say, you're wrong, I hate you, just for having a different stance. This was years ago. Now, if I had a DeLorean and a flux capacitor and I could go back to the Doug and Micah of that day, Can you imagine what that would be like? Just like, you all have no idea. Of You think it's bad then. Wait till the society in 2020 and 2021 come along. You got masks versus no mask, Vaccine versus no vaccine. Democrat versus Republican. Pro-abortion versus pro-life. Take a knee versus don't take a knee. And even like stuff like Simone Bile is good or Simone Bile is bad. Like, we disagree on so much right now, and it leads to such a hatred and just a, um, you know, loss of friendship, loss of relationships, loss of even family members. We are, are dismissing people who are different just because we disagree. The verse says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if instead of saying that his rule, his kingdom, his, perf his perfection in heaven that is to come for those who believe in him, what if we said that was supposed to be on earth as it is in heaven? We are supposed to be striving for his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We are supposed to be looking for that perfection. We are supposed to be moving towards that perfection. But yet as a church... We are just as hateful, just as negative, just as much disagreements and controversy, if not more than we are outside the church. And yet we're supposed to be telling people that God is love. And we as a church are disagreeing over things that oftentimes don't fully matter. Some, some things are critical. I want to encourage you each week to dig a little deeper into each sermon because we have a cool opportunity here at Valley Creek. We have an opportunity for you to hear a sermon in a couple different ways. You, you sitting here, here at Springfield Road. You can go home later 
and listen to it at South Wilson. Right now, Jonas is speaking on the same topic, same verses. We're going to dig into the same verse out of Psalm in a minute. But I guarantee Jonas is going to sound different than me. Why? Because Jonas is different than me. We have two different perspectives. We have two different looks. Is one right? Is one wrong? No, not necessarily. I'm sure we'll get it wrong occasionally. But for the most part, what we're looking at is kind of like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Gospels are four different versions of the same stories. But you're hearing it from four different authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some have more details, some have less details. Some, some are more storytellers, some are not. You're hearing the same stories just from four different people, four different angles. And so Jonas may be approaching this way different than I. We've talked some, we've emailed, we've texted back and forth, so we know we're on the same page with the meat, but the approach is going to be a little bit different. I'm not sure if Jonas spent 10 minutes on two words, our father. He might have dug in a little bit more into this idea in Psalm 84. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 84. We're going to break down five things out of that. Psalm verse 84, we're going to start in verse 1 and 2. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. That's a very poetic and kind of flowery language, which is not typically my style. I say typically, it probably never is. But the words behind this are huge. My soul longs and faints for the courts of the Lord. Just imagining the joy that is coming through in verses 1 and 2. It reminds me, last Saturday I preached my um, great aunt's funeral. She was 94. She had a phenomenal life. She lived very well. And um, she was down in Mississippi, so I didn't get to see her that often, but she was an amazing woman. And so I, I messaged the family, and I was like, hey, share, me, share with me some stories, share with me some, some thoughts, some different things. And uh, her daughter messages me this. She said, with her caregiver, she said, Aunt Doyle said, it's time to call Jesus. They prayed together, and she said, Jesus. And then she passed. Her praises were literally the last thing out of her breath on this earth and the first thing out of her mouth there. She said Jesus here, and then I'm pretty sure she probably said it right away there. Her praises were what was on her lips, and her joy was there even in those last moments. Why? Because she knew what the courts of the Lord were going to be like. And she was good. In verses 3 and 4, we see that we can find rest. Even the sparrow finds a home, the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars. O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Which kind of in translation means forever. We have rest in Jesus the song that comes to mind isn't necessarily from this verse of Scripture. There's a verse of Scripture that really is the, the bulk of what this song is. But it's a song I did with kids years ago. 
It was, it was around years before even I started doing it with, with the kids here at Valley Creek 16 years ago. And it's a song that we continued on. It's one that we never really grew out of because it's just a fun, good song. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. A big, big table with lots and lots of food. A big, big yard where we can play. I'll see Emily's throwing football. <laughs> Miss Jenny's been teaching down there long enough. She's knowing. I was going to throw to Emily where we can play football, but she was already throwing to somebody else. You missed it, Dane. He didn't catch it. That's his fault. You threw it. It was a good throw. It's a big, big house. It's my father's house. Is there lots and lots of room? Yeah, I believe so because that, that's scripture. Is there lots and lots of food? Is there a big yard where we can play football? I don't know. I don't know that that matters even. I know that we'll have rest. I know that we'll be happy. We'll be singing praise. And we won't care if those things are there or not there, because we're good. We will find rest in his presence. Number three, verses five through seven, it says we'll find strength. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength each one appears before God in Zion. We need strength beyond our own abilities. This isn't like arm strength to pick something up. This is strength to, to endure, strength to live, strength to prosper, strength to, to, to keep moving. We need strength beyond our own abilities. We need to lean on him. We're good at leaning on him when things are bad. We're good at leaning on him when... Uh, we need help with an illness when we need help with the job, when we need help with the house, when we need help with this or that. We're good at leaning to him when we need him. But are we there and leaning on him just in the good? If that little boy that you saw come up here, if he only came to me when he needed something, which, you know, sometimes you get the, hey, Dad, I love you. What do you need? So we know that. If you're a parent in this room, you know that that tone, that I love you, that you're the best dad ever, dad. You know something's coming, right? You got two daughters sitting right next to you who are laughing because they know. We know what's coming. And I'm afraid our Heavenly Father does too. He knows that we're not coming to Him when it's good. We're not coming to Him just to rest in his arms, just to, to be in his strength. We're coming to say, I need, I need, I need, I need. We need to rest in him. We need to lean on him in all times. The last two is, is we find protection and provision. Verses 9 or 8 through 12, protection and provision. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah, forever. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper, doorkeeper in the house of, the, of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. 
O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. God will always protect and take care of us. He's got us. He's got you taken care of. A few verses later, right after, same chapter, but right after the Lord's Prayer, he says, O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seeking after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need, knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious enough for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. But seek first his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Sweet. He's going to give me anything I want. Right? God, I want, I want, I want. Oh, wait. It says needs. Okay, well, I really need that. God, I need fill in the blank, right? Those aren't needs. He says, I seek me first. Seek my kingdom first. And my righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. He knows what you need. He'll take care of it. God has got you. He's got it. All of these things, joy, rest, strength, protection, provision, God's got you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It needs to be here, not just there. We need to bring it here and not just wait for it. Many of us look and go, a day's coming. I'm looking forward to it. I'm good now. I don't really need to go right now, but one day. Let's bring it here too. Let's enjoy his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I want to close with this. If you don't know that God's got you, that God's got it, you can do that today. You can know that you're in good shape today. God's got you because he is a better father than me. He is a better father than my father. Why? Because he sent his son to die for us. Why? Because there was a need to fix the sin problem that's in the world. There's a separation between us and God, and that is fixed through Jesus. It's not automatic because he did it. It's automatic if we ask. We deserve a punishment. That punishment is hell. But God has a gift, and that's eternal life if we ask him. God is there for you. All you have to do is receive it. Say, God, I love you. I'm sorry for my sin. You're trying to take my sin away. I'm giving it to you. Help me. Save me. God's got you. Maybe you need to do something like that today. Maybe you need to run to the altar. Maybe you need to run to your daddy in prayer. Give some things to him. Maybe you need to come run to your daddy and be quiet and listen. Work hard to get rid of those distractions. I could have a mirror in front of me right now for this part. Work hard to get rid of those distractions. Actively practice quiet. 
Every distraction that comes along, kick them away. Actively get rid of the distractions that you can control. I can't always control this. I can start to train it. But the phone that's in my pocket that has buzzed on incessantly during this, this sermon, we can get rid of some of those distractions. We can get rid of the TV. We can get rid of the things that are distracting us. I think that's why we're told to go to the room, shut the door, and pray in secret. So the challenge today is, do you need to come to him? Do you need to ask him to come into your life? Do you need to, to, to begin a, a better prayer life here? Do you need to begin a better listening prayer life today? God's got you, and he wants to be there for you if you'll let him. He'll meet you if you come. Will you pray with me? Daddy, we love you. And as I said in the first service, I'm not sure I've ever opened a prayer like that, but I want to come to you like a, a daddy who loves me more. Because that's what you are. But you are awesome. You are amazing. You are beyond anything I could ever imagine. But God, we want to give our life to you. We want to give our prayer life to you. We want to be better in all those ways. I want there to be each day less Micah and more of Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Less of me, more of you. It'll make me better at everything I do. Help me, Jesus. And as that's my prayer, personally, I believe it's a prayer for many in the room, or could be a prayer for many in the room, or should be. God, help us to love you more, to pray more and in that prayer to sit and be quiet and listen because no relationship would be good if all we did was do the talking so help us Jesus we love you it's in your name we pray amen